This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I shall die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Recognize that voice, Mora? Your favorite voice. I do like Halsey. And she's uh, batting a thousand right now. Yeah, she's doing awesome. Doing pretty good. Teaming up with BTS, not a bad idea. This song's called Nightmare, by the way. It's interesting that prayer she says off the top because it just reminded me of like the, that prayer that I used to say before bed when I was growing up. It's a bit dark. You know, if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. It's like, oh, man. It's a lot of things that are dark when it comes to prayers and things in the Bible. Religion. Well, if you look at them literally, mm. it can be kind of frightening. Yeah. Yeah, Halsey's doing pretty good. You love her. She can do no wrong. No, for she you. can do wrong. I, I think I listened to her full length album, and there were a lot of songs I was sort of meh about, but uh, she's been putting out a lot of singles, either with other people or on her own yep. lately, and uh, they all seem to be pretty good. Are you sick of Old Town Road yet? No, I'm not sick of this. No. I was reading. This week about how quickly Lil Nas X came up with this song. You know, all hit songs seem to be written in like 10 minutes. Some of them, yeah, for sure. A little effort, right? So he found the beat to this song on YouTube and he leased it for $30. Really? Yeah, and it makes me wonder like, if you lease a beat from somebody, do you have like. Does that mean in 10 years you're going to have to give them more money for it? Or, you know, because at least, like, does that mean that they own part of the song, maybe? I don't know how that would work. That's yeah. a really good point. I mean, I would think that if they lease it, they have the right to they use have the it. Right and whatever they it. do with it, you know, too bad that you lease it out to him. I don't think you would get like a bigger stake. It would all depend on what's written in the contract or the agreement. Um, sometimes it, what's specified is if a song reaches certain success, mm-hmm. like if it reaches this many sales or this many streams, then you're therefore obliged to pay the the writer or the producer of that. So they that would song. figure all that out in it. Advanced, well, man. that would have been a part of this story in the news then. You know, it would have been like, oh, originally he got it for $30, but now he owes the guy a million. Yeah. And that's not the case. 30 bucks to get that beat. And then he started Googling Western lingo to yeah. kind of come up with <laughs> terms. Well, it's so funny that people think that all this comes from this deep feeling of, you know, uh, uh, what's inside them and they're pouring out their emotions and <laughs> yeah. songs. A lot of times it's people just coming up with words that rhyme. I mean, Bundes, yeah. you've been in a band, you've written songs. I mean, 
when people say, oh, what's that song about? It, in a lot of cases, it's uh, just words together that sounded good at the time. Uh, there's been a lot of cases where, where I'm writing lyrics or, or melodies for songs. I'm literally listening to, to a musical loop or, or playing a guitar, mm. and I'm humming things, and I'm recording my, my humming. Like my melodic, hmm, 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 and mm. I'll listen to the voice note after, and I'll just put words into that melody, right? That just kind of rhyme with Sia each other. Sia does and make that. Sense. Sia, I saw this whole segment on how she writes songs, and so sometimes they'll have the music, and she'll just be like, "Scat up, but that do do, I da but that da chandelier," like you know, right. whatever. And then she starts putting in words in replace of the noises she's making, scatting, whatever it happens to be. You so know. Lil Nas X found words, uh, just so I tried it. I just tried it. I googled Western lingo, mm-hmm. and it's hilarious. <laughs> I could come up with a song right now. You want some? Yeah, give me some songs. All right. Or lyrics. Always drink upstream from the herd, Tucker. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That sounds like something you could put in a song. Especially like a hip-hop country. Yeah. Upstream from the herd. I like Uh, that you put on the voice for it, too. Don't squat with your spurs on. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) All things that could be in a country song. Always take a good look at what you're about to eat. It's not so important to know what it is, but it's critical to know what it was. That's a little lengthy. (laughs) (laughs) Quickest way to double your money, you know, Tucker, is to fold it over and put it back in your pocket. Well, that just is like a dumb joke. I could see Blake Shelton saying that on yeah. The Voice. Do I He's full sound? of all these isms. Yes, yeah. I sound just like Blake Shelton. Oh, man, if you get into it, and I'm sure every genre of music has the same cliches within their genre. Yeah. But country music, there's always talk of trucks. Yep. Jeans of some kind, usually of the ripped you know, uh, yeah. or ripped or sh- jean shorts, Daisy, Daisy Dukes, Dukes uh, boots, uh, <laughs> drinking, and the uh, red solo cup. Yeah, all that kind of stuff mm. always makes it into songs. But you know, just like pop music has uh, shoddy and you know right. all the different isms that make shots, it in shots, 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 shots. shots. <laughs> uh, speaking of Lil Nas X, by the way, uh, Billy Ray Cyrus played a major role in that song becoming what it was. Yeah, certainly on the country charts. And Lil Nas X wanted to thank Billy Ray Cyrus for the work that he did, and decided to surprise him with a brand new Maserati. What? Yeah, listen to this. What's up, everybody? We're about to pull up at Billy Ray Cyrus's crib, and I'm postmating him a gift. I'm going to see what that is pretty soon. Have you guys heard of Old Town Road? You should check it out. <laughs> What's up? Uh, what, hey, what, what, what are you doing? Man. Yeah, I got you something. What? I got you something. What are you talking about? I just got you. Need you to come out here. I need you to come out here. What are you talking about? I need you to come here. That's pretty amazing, right? To give somebody a Maserati, which is that car? Well, 150, 200 grand, like in that range. That range for sure. Holy crap! I thought that when you're an artist, like you don't make any money on your first song. Well, when it's a hit song, you do. Yeah, Mm. the sales are like you know 
crazy on that one, and he gets paid for the streams as well. And all the YouTube plays. Yeah, he's making money. He's doing okay. Well, enough money. <laughs> Either that or the label bought the car so little Nas X could give it to him. Either way, Billy Ray Cyrus just got a new Maserati. <laughs> Man, that must feel so good to give somebody a car. I would just love to do that. But Billy Ray Cyrus already has some cash behind him. Oh, yeah. So I wonder if if what the equivalent would be for us. You know, would that be like me bringing an $80 bottle of wine to your house and saying, hey, thanks so much for, you know, everything you do on the show? No, I'm pretty sure I've already done that for you in the form of tequila. Yeah. Well, and we, it wasn't like I gave you a Maserati. You were like, thanks. <laughs> It wasn't like, oh my God. But you weren't videotaping me. If you were videotaping me or whatever, you had me on your camera phone, I'd be like, oh, Maura, you really? Woo, Casamigos. That's George Clooney's bottle. That's $65 at the LCBO. You remember. Yeah, I remember. You remember. I do. It was a housewarming gift. Yes. I also remember giving you a nice gift for something. Yeah, you gave me a lovely bottle. I think I spent you, no, I gave you three bottles of wine, one of which was worth like, I think, 40 bucks. And the other ones were like 20. So add that up. Okay. I had to, I had to match your gift of tequila <laughs> in the form of wine. So are you saying Billy Ray's got to give little Nas something when, back? Well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm just try, trying to think like what that would be like in uh, their world. No, it would, you know? it would be more than that. It would be like you giving me like a thousand dollar gift, I think. The mm. new iPad fully loaded, loaded or something. Yeah. I'd be like, wow. Got the stylus pen and everything, Tucker. <laughs> you went all out. One day. One day. Uh, on this podcast, by the way, thanks for listening. It's Tucker and Mora along with our producer, Chris Bundes. Uh, we're going to be speaking with Jerry D., yeah. a really funny uh, comedian who you may also know from television. He has most recently been the star and creator of Mr. D., which has been on the CBC for eight seasons. It just wrapped up. I'll be curious to know if he felt the same pressure coming up with the conclusion to that show as the writers of Game of Thrones and all, you know, the uh, writers of Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you wrap up a show? No one ever seems happy. No, and I'm really sad, too. Too because do you remember about a year ago or two years ago he, he used to listen to our show and he sent me a DM on Twitter after hearing one of our breaks he thought it was funny and he's like uh, you should come and be on an episode of Mr. D mm. and I was pregnant at the time so I couldn't do it and now the show is over Opportunity lost. Lost. That will never come to fruition. You know, Mora, as you always say, everything happens for a reason. No, I think (laughs) the line here is kids ruin everything, which is something you always say. Kids ruin a lot. (laughs) Not everything, but a lot. They're like little anchors of fun. anchors of fun, yeah. (laughs) They sink you down. But they can be so cute, you know, sometimes. (laughs) They're not crying and complaining about everything you're doing. That could have been my big break, you know, to get to Hollywood, being Mm -hmm. in Mr. D. Uh, Before we get to our conversation with Jerry D, before we give him a call, uh, I was just thinking about something we played on the radio, which was Jennifer Garner was giving a commencement speech in Ohio at her alma mater, Mm. uh, the school she went to, and she had like eight tips for the graduating class. And uh, well, here's a few of them. When it comes to Halloween costumes, go funny over sexy. Why would you dress like a flirty nurse when you could be a mailbox? Nothing looks better in your 50s than sunscreen in your 20s. Don't walk down. 
the Grand Canyon to see what it looks like from the bottom. Don't smoke and don't vape. I'm sorry, somebody has to say it. Mixed signals are not mixed signals, they're a no. If you're a woman, and pardon me for being binary for just a second, this stage has been set. The world is yours to grab. Go out and get it, girl. Finally, stay close to your friends from college. So that's just some of the advice she had. And it made me think of a song that is now 20 years old. Oh, yeah. And it's not even a song. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> you know the one? Yeah, Baz Luhrmann. Yeah, everybody's free to wear sunscreen. Yeah. Do you know what Bund is? I'm not aware of this. Okay. Oh, you'll like it. So he's like a movie director guy. He did uh, Moulin Rouge and a lot of those big productions with Nicole Kidman. I don't yeah. Know. So he's a creative guy and he decided to come up with this thing, which is what he would say if he was giving a commencement speech to the class of 1999. So it's 20 years old. And I just, I, um, I wanted to listen to a little bit of it because it's very reminiscent of what, or not reminiscent. Jennifer Garner seemed like she basically just stole the ideas from him. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the class of 99, wear sunscreen. If I could offer you only one tip for the future, sunscreen would be it. The long-term benefits of sunscreen have been proved by scientists, whereas the rest of my advice has no basis more reliable than my own meandering experience. I will dispense this advice now. This song goes Enjoy for like six minutes. the power and beauty of your youth. Oh, never mind. You will not understand the power and beauty of your youth until they've faded. But trust me, in 20 years, you look back at photos of yourself and recall in a way you can't grasp now how much possibility lay before you and how fabulous you really looked. You are not as fat as you imagine. Don't worry about the future, or worry, but know that worrying is as effective as trying to solve an algebra equation by chewing bubblegum. The real troubles in your life are apt to be things that never crossed your worried mind, the kind that blindsides you at 4 p.m. on some idle Tuesday. Anyway, I don't want to play the whole it's thing. It's going to make but me cry. Is it really? <laughs> I remember I used to play that song a lot when we did like an all-request lunch when Virgin was Mix 99.9 back in the day. I used to get requests for that all the time. And people would who would never heard it before would be like, I need to know the name of an artist because I want to play it for my kids. Mm. So it is a great song. Listen to the whole thing. Baz, Baz Luhrmann. Everybody's free to wear sunscreen. Yeah. Uh, should we give Jerry a call right now? We're just going to call him up? We're just going to call him up. You Gave got him his, his phone number. number to call him. Wow. Okay. I wonder if he's going to regret giving me his phone number. <laughs> well, did you tell him you were going to call? Well, he gave it to me to call him, but okay. now I've got it in my phone. Now I'm going to be like drunk dialing Jerry D. Yeah. Hey, how are you? Hey, Jerry. Yeah. I was just saying to Maura that I'm wondering if you're going to regret giving me your phone number. <laughs> I can change it. Or have you killed? You yes. know you know his phone number I still have in my phone, and I've never had the courage to actually use it for anything? 
is uh, Paul Langlois from the Tragically Hip. <laughs> yeah, and don't, and don't ever use it. I know. I'd be like, hey, Paul, remember when we did that interview and you passed yeah. me your number? And He gave you his said, number. Don't call it. <laughs> well, we should mention Jerry D is gearing up uh, for his show in Toronto at the Sony Centre this Friday. It's part of his 20th anniversary tour, and you can still get your tickets at Ticketmaster. You know, Jerry, I was just thinking about um, you know how you wrapped up the TV show Mr. D at the end of uh, 2018, I guess, and seeing how people are reacting to the end of Game of Thrones. Same reaction we got. <laughs> did you did you feel pressure though in wrapping it up and doing it the right way? And was it the hardest? No. I, it was a two part episode, but was it the hardest part for you to do of, of the whole series? Okay, first of all, we can't compare our ending to Game of Thrones. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, we can't compare even not not the ending itself. Just like we're talking about, like the great, probably the greatest. You know, the most watched show ever, I think. It was It was just something like comedies. Look, comedies don't typically go eight seasons, but uh, it just felt like, you know, when do you, when do you kind of wrap it up creatively? And that's kind of what I thought. It was a good time to just, you know, plus people move on, right? Other, other stars were getting other offers and creating their own shows and writing gigs in L.A. And, you know, we had a bunch of factors to, to, to weigh in. But for me, it was just... My family, every summer we lived in Halifax, which we loved, but it was a lot on them. Uh, creatively, as a, as a group of writers, we were trying to figure out where would we go next. It just felt like it also felt nice to go out on our own terms. Mm-hmm. And were your fans satisfied, or did you hear, you know, I think a Seinfeld, one of the greatest sitcoms of all time, and people hated yeah. the ending of that. Yeah, yeah, keep comparing us to the two greatest shows ever. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you hear fans tweet and stuff. We don't have the fan base those shows have, obviously. So, you know, it wasn't like it was covered in the media. Mm. Oh, no, this it just kind of came and went. And our fans were, you know, a couple fans, I think, were like, why not do a season nine? But um, it just tough. And it, it's tough sometimes, you know, people think our show is going to get the same response that an American show. Um, and there are some Canadian shows, like Shit's Creek, for example, has... <clears throat> certainly gotten become an american show too that yeah. you know the success of it we didn't get that u.s side of things and sadly canadians seem to get more excited when the u.s is excited oh it must be a great show because mm-hmm. the u.s likes. isn't that funny that you say that because it is so true yeah. I, you yeah. know schitt's creek is a perfect example because that show and it took a while for them to get that attention everywhere and it's a great show and it's a great cast and they deserve that attention but it made a big difference, you know, for them, I think. Um, and a credit to the CBC because they've done a great job with all their comedies. And Letterkenny's another example, yeah. and, uh, you know, on, on Crave that has done really well. And once it got, look, the only way you get to the States is you are a good show. You're doing well. And then once the States gets behind it, it just elevates it for Canadians. It's like, wow, like we're still working that side of things. We are not done yet on the U.S side of things it, our clips went a little viral in the states and it started to create a li- really slow nothing like those two shows but a really slow uh, buzz around it a little bit of movement starting to 
starting to brew. I don't know if it'll culminate, but it's it's getting, you know, at least it's going in that direction. Now. Well, you have this show that's all packaged. You got eight seasons. I mean, you could sell it in any country and become a megastar there, right? Yeah, it's just we need people like you in those networks, Laura, that are saying that. Right. <laughs> you, know, it, it, you, can't, you can't force anything in this business, and I think that's, you know, just got to wait. We don't understand it. We think the show would do very well in the States yeah. or Britain or Australia or whatever. Um, but for whatever reason, it hasn't hit the right people that have bought into what, you know, a lot of Canadians saw and like. So the States drives the world, right? If the States yeah. get it, then every other country will. And that's just the nature of our business. We're with Jerry D uh, this morning. He's uh, on the phone with us. This, I think, of all the times we've spoken, I've never actually gone to your Wikipedia page. And I did uh, just before we called you. And I, it says here your dad was a TTC driver for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. It, to me, that yeah. seems like one of those jobs where you would be, you'd come home and you'd have no stresses in the world. You did your shift. You come in. You got a great pension. Like, did it seem to you like it was a great way to make a living? Wow! Wow! Are you wrong? <laughs> really? Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, my dad hated every day of it. It was, you know, we we could hear all the stories. Some of them funny, but it was a lot of people trying to sneak on. It was a lot of people just bunch of high school kids ringing the bell a thousand times, mm. causing problems, you know, people cutting him off. He got in a few fights. I remember once he stuck up for a woman who he saw on the street was getting hit by her boyfriend and he jumped in and then the woman and the boyfriend started. He was like <laughs> oh, wow, you paint a totally different picture. You know, you're by yourself. That's not a fun job. You know, I'm sure he had moments where he enjoyed it, but you just sit and drive all day. I don't know. It sounds right. really boring to and me. And you're in stressful and he, traffic, and you're being abused by the customers. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, and he'd get up. His shift was 3.30 to 9.30, and then he had three hours off. He would nap, and then he would go, I think, 2.30 to 5.30. Mm. Mm. Split shift. And that was apparently a good shift. And I remember... I remember one day he brushed his teeth with Brill Cream. I never forget him telling me that. Because <laughs> it was so early in the morning. You know, and he would miss a lot of our sports. I think, you know, those days he would just want to come home, have a beer, watch TV, and go to bed. And it was just... And then there's also the politics of, you know, within the TTC where guys will... If some guy tries to stay close to you, well, his day's easy because he's not getting any passengers. Oh. <laughs> there's a lot of that strategy there's a lot of cat and mouse with the driver no where there's a lot of respect and disrespect about like trying to keep your bus empty versus getting the guy in front of you <gasps> packed so you have no you have nothing to do all day oh yeah there's there's a whole bunch of that so he'd have to deal with that certain areas of the city were worse for him um certain traffic areas were worse you know for my dad i'm just telling you our experience, he didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Bumming me out here, Jerry. <laughs> Wait, let's go to the funny stuff. <laughs> when, you, when you're coming up with material for this show, you know, that you're, you've been doing and you're bringing to uh, the Sony Center this Friday, are you working it out in smaller clubs? Do you ever just show up places? You know, I hear about that in New York City all the time. People are showing up at the cellar to do, you know, a new 10 minutes or new 15 minutes here. Yeah, I mean, Toronto's a little different. The the you know the just the way New York is set up, you can walk to six clubs. 
Yeah. Toronto, we don't have that, right? So you would literally have to go down to Yuck Yuck. So I, I do that sometimes, but I'm at a point where I can work it out in my head and and sandwich it between stuff on stage and I can edit it quickly if it's not going well and then just keep trying it periodically. But a lot of times I will pop into spots, to clubs. Um, absolute comedy, that's another good game. And, you know, all good clubs, I think. And there's a lot of other smaller spots in Toronto. But I don't get a chance. I got three kids that are young and very active. Mm-hmm. And um, But I did do all that. I, I I lived in comedy clubs for the first 15 years, really, first 12 years of my comedy career, just doing that. And uh, I'd like to do it more. It's just harder, you know. Do you ever remind your kids of how they're bringing your comedy career down by uh, taking up all your time? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Well, and the TV show, I guess, gets in the way there, too, with all the writing. Every day. Well, now that you're not going to have to do the TV show, are you guys going to plan like an epic summer? You know, and I'm not happy that I'm not going back doing Mr. D. Uh, It's it's something I really will miss, but it will be nice to just not, you know, just be able to stay home and, and have like the kids grow up quick. And, you know, I haven't really had a summer with my kids and they're in Mm. school all winter. So. I am looking forward to that and, and uh, just spending a lot of time with them. And, you know, my oldest daughter's almost 12 and we're already starting to see that, yeah, she's becoming a, a, a almost a little teenager and things are different, right? That your, your, your daddy's little girl is growing up. So you want to, you want to, uh, yeah, you want to just enjoy it. And that's what I'm going to try to do this summer. And, and there's a couple of things on the horizon that um, are exciting, but until they come to fruition, I'll just wait. I have an older daughter that's uh, turning 13, and the biggest thing I notice is that whatever I used to say would be just fact. Like, I was almost like a god sending out my message to her that she would just, you know, acknowledge. And now everything I tell her, she has to challenge, no matter whether I'm right or wrong. Yeah, I I don't know what's coming. I mean, I, I think it's a big 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Apparently, that's like a big big changes coming with your kids. So um, I don't know what to expect. Our daughter's, you know, she's great. She's a great kid. We're not too worried. But at the same time, there's the, the, the boys and, and the social life and all the things that she's starting to get interested in. And yeah, I don't know how, how ready I am for that. Mm. Uh, before we let you go, is there a city that gets you more than another city when you're doing a tour? Like, do you love going to, say, Hamilton over uh, Flint Kitchener? Flint, Flint. Flin Flon. <laughs> Flin Flon, Manitoba. Yeah, there, there's something there. That, um, I don't know what it is. It's just, it's just I kill in Flin Flon. <laughs> no, there's really, uh, there's really no, no difference. It's really the size of the crowd. The bigger the crowd, obviously, the louder it sounds. But sometimes the best crowds are the small crowds in a, in a normal room. And, uh, but no, I can't. I, I don't have a city that's better, that's worse. Um, you know, the only thing I look at is how far is it. And, and um, But once I'm on stage, they're all just, you know, the same to me and usually very good and supportive. And, you know, the Sony Center on Fridays, the first time I'll, I'll play that venue. It's one of the, you know, it's a pretty prestigious venue. So it's, a, it's kind of a exciting time for me to, you know, if I think back to day one of stand-up, I don't think I would have thought of being able to perform somewhere there. So Yeah, that's a beautiful with that venue. Said, with that said, there are still about 800 tickets available. So, <laughs> yes. There can't be that many. Uh-huh. Come on out. 
Darren Rose is on the show with me, who's, uh, you know, plays Bill on Mr. D, a yeah. very good stand-up. And a young girl that's going to do a few few minutes, uh, Juliana Rodriguez, who I'm, I'm really excited about. She's already great, and she's like 20. It blows my mind that you can be so good at 20. Uh, check great out job. Good job. Jerry D this Friday at the Sony Center, the 20th anniversary tour. You can get your tickets at uh, Ticketmaster.ca. Hey, uh, I'll call you later. I got your number now, so I'll check on, yeah. in on you this afternoon. <laughs> Okay, sounds good. See you guys. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Jerry D. Nice guy. Hey, before we wrap things up here for the podcast, uh, do you want to address the finale of Game of Thrones? I know in the last couple Mm. of podcasts, we've talked a little bit about Game of Thrones. Yeah, sure. And let me warn you that uh, we will be talking spoilers here. So if you didn't see the final episode, uh, you might want to just say goodbye right now. Tap out. Tap out. Are you gone yet? <laughs> I hope so, because Brent's the king! Brent! <laughs> what, what the hell? What the hell? You know what I don't get? Can I just uh, say he something? He knew it all along, though. Brent yeah. knew all along, you of course. All, you were all supposed to do what you did. I just feel like if if we were going to throw the whole lineage out the window, mm-hmm. why did we do it for the whole time? You know what I mean? The whole show was about lineage and who was the rightful heir to yeah. the Iron Throne. And then we decide after it's getting out who the rightful heir is that, eh, let's just forget about that and let's just pick it. Let's do a, a democratic vote and pick who should be king. That to me seems ridiculous. Plus, why would you take the advice from somebody who's being accused of treason, uh, treason which was Tyrion Lannister? Yes. And why is he the guy who comes up and, and just does his spiel and everyone's like, yeah, okay, that seems like a good idea. All right, I vote for Bran. Yeah, me too. Brand's king. Yeah, that was so bad. And I wanted it to be good. But it just, even the way they, they got rid of the Mother of Dragons, I was like, ah. Oh. You didn't like that? Well, then Jon Snow should have got on the dragon because he's a Targaryen. And yeah. that dragon should have been his dragon and then he becomes king. Well, the dragon didn't kill him, which is an indication that, you know, there was a connection there. <laughs> yeah, but not Let enough. me ask you this. What? Thousands of fans of Game of Thrones were asked to give their interpretation of the ending. Sorry, to give their opinion of the ending. Okay. And what do you think? Do you think the majority of people liked it or hated it? I think the majority of people must have hated it. You're wrong. Really? 63% of viewers either loved or or liked the finale. No. 10% hated it. And then, you know, there was a bunch that were sort of ish about it. Really? I didn't actually mind it. It was a bit annoying, but I'd been so annoyed with previous episodes in this current season that by this point, I'd kind of given up a little bit. Yeah. So I was just like, all right, well, if that's what you're going to do, that's what you're going to do. Hold on. Jon Snow, yeah. the rightful heir to the throne, is now is now banished the wall. Yeah. to the wall. Yeah. Whereas the Queen Mother of Dragons had just said, "Be with me. I am gorgeous. We'll make love for all time and rule the world. I'll be queen, but you know you'll serve under me." And he says no, and then he gets banished, and he's okay with it. And people say, "Yay, that's a good episode." The thing is, is she'd lost it, right? And so he didn't feel like she was capable of being a leader. She was going to kill too many innocent people. 
and he didn't want to be a part of that. And he needed to put her down because he knew he was saving the seven kingdoms or whatever by killing her, and he sacrificed himself. But it's funny, he is the true heir of the throne, but he didn't ever want it, so I don't even know if it ever came up to anyone else in that voting little get-together where they had, by the way, water bottles by people's feet. (laughs) Which is just sloppy. (laughs) It is pretty sloppy. once, like the coffee cup, yeah, okay, we get Mm. it. There was a little mistake there. But then the the water bottles, two water bottles, come on. The uh, creator of the show, and when I say creator, I mean the original author, George R.R. Martin, who wrote the books that the TV show is based on, he's way behind now, right? So, of course, the TV show took off and went on beyond as far as the books went, because I think the last book came out in 2011. Okay. So the storylines moved forward, and people have been asking him... Uh, Because he's still planning on writing two more books. Is it going to end the same way? (laughs) And of course, now he's like, no, I'm not dead. Total change. So if you were frustrated by the TV show and season eight, maybe the books will leave you feeling more satisfied because now he's got everybody's feedback on this direction and he's able to pick and choose what he wants to see happen. But he also pointed out that there are characters that have died in the TV show that haven't died in the books. Right. Like there's, it's not true to the books entirely. Okay. And so... Well, I'm not going to read those books though. Oh. Have you tried? Have you picked any of them no, up? I'm pretty sure they're like super thick and, yeah. you know, ridiculous. It's, a, it's like picking up, you know, um, a Eight Lord of Bibles. the Rings kind of book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to have some time on your hands. Yeah. Well, it's too bad. They really ruined the show for me there. I just didn't believe a lot of it. I didn't believe anyone. The actors, I almost felt like the actors weren't buying into it either. Well, as we said from the beginning, it feels like this whole season has been rushed. And it, it felt like an ending where it's like, God, what? We only have one more episode to wrap it up? How are we going to do it? Okay. Uh, how about this? Okay, yeah. let's shoot it quick. Yeah. There could have easily been two more seasons and they could have done a better job with it. And it went from being a top three show for me to being, uh, you know, not a top three. <laughs> I, ha- I held that up as one of my top shows of all time. I know. With Breaking Bad and Six Feet Under. And Sopranos and The Wire. And now I would say it's maybe in the like ninth, 10th, 11th place. Wow. It got shot down a few points. Earlier this week, you said it was eighth. It's dropped down again. I think, well, that was before I saw the final episode. I'm thinking now it's like 11th. (laughs) Maybe it's just, it, it was so good at the beginning. It was so good. Oh, well. Oh, well. Some things just don't always finish the way you want it to. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's a lot of hours of watching a show just to see them kind of drop the ball at the end. It that seems sucks. like they just didn't care. But they there, still made a lot of money, didn't they? And there's uh, a bunch of spinoffs in the works. Prequels, eh? yeah. Well, different directions. Like there's, I, It's not just prequels, but they, they set the scene for Arya Stark to have her own show. I don't know if you noticed that, because now oh, she's yeah. on a ship heading out to areas where? where they haven't discovered yet. Yeah. So they've clearly laid some foundation there if they want to go in a not prequel direction. Uh-huh. I think I I think I heard George R. R. Martin talk about the fact that there might be, there may have been five ideas on how to move forward from this series, some prequels. And right now, I think there's one that's very far in the works. Like, they've actually started working on scripts and stuff. And others are just ideas, and they're not sure if they're going to pan out or not. Mm. But there's definitely more Game of Thrones stuff coming your way. Okay. All right. That will do it for us in this podcast. Thanks for listening. And that'll be it for the Game of Thrones chat, too. Oh, you a goddamn fan! Oh! Yeah, explicit lyrics ahead! (laughs) 
song's called Nightmare by Halsey, by the way. And we'll uh, see you again soon. Yeah. Don't forget to check out our regular show Monday to Friday, 5.30 to 9 on Energy 95.3. And then, of course, uh, in the evening from 6 to 7. And weekends, uh, Saturdays from 7 till 9 a.m. Someone like me can be a real nightmare, completely aware.